This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming only on Hulu. When you look into Discover Student Loans, what you see might surprise you. We can help cover your college costs, don't charge you fees, and give you cash rewards for good grades. Ready to apply? Visit discoverstudentloans.com. Limitations apply. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Morgan's Pop Talks, a podcast brought to you by The Dip. We are going to get into all of the drama that happened this week, and yes, that means The Bachelor. Can I just tell you guys that it kills me that I can't watch The Bachelor in real time? I get up at the crack of freaking dawn. I get up before the crack of dawn, so I can't stay up to watch it in real time, and then I get online, and it's like, all hell has has broken? That's the word, loose. Can you tell that I'm sleep deprived? But anyways, we're going to get into a deep dive later about Susie's exit from the show and what that means for her when it comes to her maybe being the bachelorette. Was it intentional? Ooh, it's going to be juicy. But first, we'll start with our pop three. These are the biggest headlines this week. Why was Alex edited out of Summer House? Summer House fans took no time figuring out that Alex, who is a newbie this summer, was set to be gone for the weekend, was in fact not gone for the weekend. And he was in attendance at Lindsay's 35th birthday party, but they edited him out completely, which just shocked fans. Everyone's wondering why. I mean, he was even in Bravo's reel on Instagram setting up for the party. So just very, very strange. And in the show, they dubbed in that Alex would not be there. So it was totally set up. You know, it's one of those moments I've talked about on the pod before where you don't see any of the characters on the screen, but you hear their voice and it's clear production says to them, Hey, say X, Y, Z. And they're like, okay, XYZ. And then they just drop it in. So that's totally what happened. So Alex was at Lindsay's birthday party. You know who else was there? Jason. Jason was Lindsay's winter house hookup, you know, almost boyfriend. When Lindsay opened up earlier on in the season about experiencing a miscarriage, Jason was who she went through that with. But did they show him? Nope. They're just like, nah, we don't, we don't think that that's interesting. We're not going to show them. We're just going to focus on Austin Kroll the whole time. Here's the thing with Austin. And we've all seen the question a million times. What's with Austin? He's charming. He can be funny and he's tall. Just a recipe for a disaster because when a guy toys around with you, I mean, at least from my experience in the past, it makes you want them more. 
like Lindsay and Sierra can both do so much better, like abundantly better. But because he's playing this game with both of them, they want to win in a sense, you know? Oh, it just drives me crazy because it all could be avoided. But anyways, back to Alex. We're discussing this in the community group on the div.com right now. Maybe why they did that. There's a lot of theories about why they edited him out. But one of them is that production sometimes will remove a first seasoner to see how the audience will react to them, you know, not being there. I don't know if that's true or not. It's pretty interesting if it is, right? I think so. All right, let's move on to headline number two. Kanye is defending his easy video. You know, say what you want about the music video. The song is freaking catchy, man. Me and David, we walk around all day going, easy. My life was never easy. You know, just walking around the house. But anyways, he posted in a now deleted post, per usual, that he should not have to defend his art. You know, that his art should not be taken with like malintent or whatever. Oh, by the way, if you guys missed the bonus episode on the Kanye doc, Genius, go listen to that. It's only like 15 minutes, but it gets into a ton of stuff that we did not know about Kanye. I mean, I know about Kanye because I've been a super fan, but I mean, I'm not going to toot my own horn. Toot toot. Just kidding. I just did. But anyways, let's get back to this music video because it is jarring, right? Not my favorite Kanye West video. Gotta say. However, you guys know House and Habit. If you don't, amazing Instagram account. She is a journalist and she's been outside the court during the Ghislaine Maxwell trial. She's been doing stuff with Free Britney, but she also posts a lot of her opinions about Kanye. And this one I particularly found interesting. So the video, if you go back and watch it, everyone assumes that the head that Kanye is holding, and I literally hate even saying that because it's so morbid. It is like, oh yeah, the head, the severed head that Kanye is holding, but duty calls. She says that the head is not Pete and she puts them side by side. It's gone now because it was on her Instagram story, but one of them is definitely Pete. She says that there are two different heads. One of them is Pete. It's very easy to tell. It's the one that he buries into the ground and then the roses come out of his head. He's got dark shaved black hair, you know, the bigger eyes with the under eye detail, a really big nose. But then when you go back and look at the head that Kanye is holding, it's bald. The head is much slimmer. The nose is much slimmer. And there's none of that under eye detail that is in the claymation version of Pete Davidson. So then she puts a photo up of Disney CEO Bob Chappick, who is bald, has a very slim face and a slim nose. So why would Kanye West be holding a severed head of Disney CEO Bob Chappick? Disney owns Hulu. The Kardashians Hulu show is dropping in, I don't know, a month. Kanye has alluded in the past that maybe he thinks that this is publicity, you know, that Pete and Kim are just dating to get people to watch. Kanye has been vocal about not wanting his kids to, you know, grow up being on television. So it's just interesting. And it is a conspiracy. Obviously, there's nothing to 
tell whether or not this is 100% true, but I will say after looking at this photo of Bob Chappick and rewatching the Easy Music video, the head that Kanye is holding does look a lot more like this guy than it does the claymation version of Pete. So if you have some extra time in your hands and you really want to go down a wormhole, be my guest. Speaking of Kim and their new Hulu show, Kim is telling us how involved Pete is going to be in the new show. It's funny that we're talking about that now, isn't it? So, uh, of course, you guys have all seen they did this interview with Variety. They're posting lots of pictures about it. They're all dressed in black. Kim says that he might not be seen, but he will be talked about. So she said, I have not filmed with him and I'm not opposed to it. It's just not what he does. But if there was an event happening and he was there, he wouldn't tell the cameras to get away. She also said, I think I might film something really exciting coming but it wouldn't be for this season. So maybe he would be on next season. As far as what we will get from her verbally about Pete, she says maybe how we met and who reached out to who and how it happened and all the details that everyone wants to know. She says, I'm definitely open to talking and I definitely explain it. That's a PR tactic, folks. That's a good old fashioned hook, line and sinker. And now they're just reeling us in. I saw Chloe also said in that variety, I think in that variety interview that I think they're making nine figures, each of them from the show. So uh, wowzers, that's a lot of money. All right, guys, that's it for this week's pop three. We're going to take a quick break and our deep dive is going to be all about that messy breakup between Clayton and Susie and all my thoughts. We'll be right back. Why should you visit California's Great America? Do it because less time planning means more time for this. Do it to take a one-day family vacation. Do it to catch a serious case of the giggles together. And of course, do it to eat a funnel cake the size of your face. Because here at California's Great America, doing something just for the fun of it is all the reason you need. Save up to 30% on tickets at cagreatamerica.com. California's Great America, for the fun of it. All right, you guys, time for the deep dive. Now, I'm doing something a little bit different today because like I told you before, I am unable to watch The Bachelor in real time because I wake up at 4.30 in the morning. It kind of makes me hate my life, but I didn't want to open up the deep dive to you guys this week because I knew there would be so many questions about The Bachelor and I didn't want to choose one without watching the whole episode first. So basically what I did was watch the Women Tell All and the episode, and then I kind of came up with this working theory. I also saw it on another podcast and the name is escaping me right now and that makes me feel really crappy, but maybe Susie leaving had something to do with her wanting to be the bachelorette. So we will get into that, but let's start with the women tell all. Oh my gosh. This was the women tell all. Diaper, liar, he cried, he didn't cry. And that was it. Like my God, what horrific television that I sit through for you guys. It was back to the Shanae show. A lot of people online unhappy about the way the women tell all went down. You know, two wrongs don't make a right. Lindsay was like, rot in Ohio. And I took that personally. As an Ohio gal, I was offended. I mean, I am currently rotting in Ohio, but still offended. Saying Shanae looked like she had a diaper on, the little side comments, like 
do the women know that it's not their job to interject and navigate the conversations? Like Jesse Palmer is there for a reason. Sierra, Genevieve, shut up. Here's my hot take. Genevieve, she ain't nice. She is not nice. She got backlash online a couple weeks ago for having the sign at the party that said F Shanae. She posted it on her Instagram story. She was like in a club, you know, when they come with the bottle service and they have those signs and they're like dancing around like, woo, you're here. Her sign said F Shanae. Then Genevieve says, looks like she has a diaper on. She's just out here acting a fool. And it makes you look no better than Shanae. I was like, None of these women on the stage right now are wife material except for Teddy and Serene. Speaking of Teddy, the brother in the DMs, that was some juice. So Teddy revealed that one of Clayton's brother brothers, he has two, slid in to Teddy's DMs. She's like, no, I didn't respond to it. Yada, yada, yada. Look, if at first you don't succeed... Date the brother. You want to know why? Little Morgie over here, Morgan PW, would not exist on the earth had my mother not dated my uncle. Yes, yes, yes. You heard that right. My mom went on two dates with my dad's brother before realizing that she didn't really like him and she really liked my dad. So there's a fun fact for you. Let's move on to another bombshell, Aaron and Genevieve. Dating or siblings is what we're trying to figure out. Are they the same exact person or would they make a really great couple? I put them in a side-by-side on my Instagram and I was like, wow, they'd look so great together. But then I realized it's just because they look exactly like each other. They have the same mannerisms. You know, they're kind of brash. They're in the middle of a bunch of drama. They got great teeth. I think they would make an excellent pair. Then we have Sarah. Did Clayton cry? Did he not cry? He didn't cry. Okay, let's keep it moving. Teddy kind of spoiled the ending, didn't she? And she's like, I hope you're okay, Clayton. Well, now we know he's not. And Sierra, like she asks, what did the final three do to deserve that? Sierra, you are not the host. You are not Jesse Palmer. It is not your place to ask that question at the women tell all. That will probably be resolved at after the final rose. I hate the women tell all. Can't you tell? All right. So let's get into this bombshell episode that was The Bachelor. Rachel was awarded the first date of the night. She and Clayton went on a helicopter date to a volcano. They spent the night together. They expressed their love by sucking face. And they spent lots of time together in the end. Can Rachel and Clayton please, please stop making out for five seconds? I had the whole day on mute. The whole day. And anytime I would unmute it, one second later, back on mute instantly. I'm over it. Gabby had the second date. They rode dune buggies on the beach. At dinner, Clayton told her that he was falling in love with her. They spent the night together. Before they parted, he said that he was falling in love and it felt so good. Remember when Gabby, they were having that conversation and Gabby was like, you know, all my exes just wanted me to be fun, Gabby, and really not be serious. (sighs) Remember she dated Dean Ungler. So I was like, oh, Dean. Don't be mean to our precious baby angel, Gabby. So then we get to Susie. 
spiraling both mentally and physically as she walks around on that spiral staircase. The final date, they spent the day at the Sky Lagoon Spa. That evening, Clayton told her he was falling in love with her. She asked him whether he had slept with any of the other ladies. He admitted it, and she was not pleased. The way she saw it, if his feelings for her were real, he wouldn't have been intimate with one or two of the other women. And then at that point, she said she couldn't see herself going forward with him. Clayton couldn't believe that Susie would throw away everything over a few nights of passion with the other women. So it was like a bit of a reverse ultimatum. He was angry that she didn't tell him sooner how she felt. And he, at that point, flips the switch. And a lot of people saying that Clayton starts to gaslight Susie. I think on the surface, that appears to be accurate from what I understand about the definition of gaslighting. But I think there could potentially be something underneath that reaction, which we will get to. And that being maybe Clayton believes in that moment that Susie is just setting herself up to be the bachelorette. He realizes it and then chaos ensues. We will get into that theory in a second, but here are the questions that we're left with. Can Clayton be in love with all three women? I think you can think you are falling in love with all three, especially in that environment. It is a pressure cooker. And the whole time they're encouraging you to fall in love, right? But when you fall in love with more than one person, it's an issue. All three of them are knockouts. They have great personalities. They're a very strong final three. They're all very different from each other. So I feel like it would be, I don't want to say easy, but definitely not impossible for you to think like, oh, with Gabby, I would have this future and that looks great. With Rachel, I would have this future and that looks great. You know what I mean? Like, it's not just so cut and dry, black and white. And we've seen numerous times the lead fall in love with two people, even end up with one person. And then weeks later, they actually are like, mm, I like the other one a little bit better, a la Aria Morin, who are now married with a million kids, and Jason and Molly. I think the issue with this is that Clayton sets himself up to fail with the other women. You know, I feel like he could say, I'm falling in love with you, Gabby, but there are still two other women here that I have feelings for and my mind is not made up. Are they not allowed to say that? I don't get it. I don't get it because at this point, him telling three girls that he's in love with them and with no if, ands, or buts is A, leading them on. It's setting them up for failure. It's warping their sense of reality, right? Because you can only go by what you are being told, and he's only telling them one half of the truth. The truth could be, yes, Rachel, I love you. And that could be true. But the other truth is that Susie's here, and I love her too, right? So to the women, it's just going to feel manipulative, even if it is true that he's in love with all of them, because they're only getting the half truth. The next question. Should he have slept with them both? Look, it ain't my style, okay? I'll just put it that way. When it comes to Susie and Clayton, it's just a difference in their moral compass. I think under the circumstances, Susie was just hoping that Clayton was so sure that it was her that he wouldn't, you know, to put it in bachelor terms, explore the relationships. When, 
like I said, that's not just the reality of the situation. It wasn't, you know, done and dusted at that point with Susie. Was he leaning towards her? Sure. I think that he would have been a lot better off to not hit a home run with every single one of them. It would have helped at least a little bit. The next question, was production involved? There's a moment where he says, no one made me do it. And that was like, who is he talking about? Is he talking about Rachel or Gabby? Or is he talking about production? Obviously, they aren't going to put the context in the conversation because of the fourth wall. But production definitely strategically gave Susie the last date. And I am sure that they had talked to her before that week about it. And she confessed her feelings to them even before she did to Clayton. So that brings us to our next point. Should Susie have told Clayton? I mean, in a perfect world, yes, but when? On the hometown date? On a group date? It's just that there's not enough opportunities. They've had, what, two one-on-one dates? And Susie thinks in her mind that if Clayton is the one, his choices will prove to her that she is just that. I get where Susie is coming from. I really do. And in the real world, that's how life would operate. But The Bachelor is not the real world. So I don't want to say I get where Clayton is coming from because, like I said, if it were me, I probably wouldn't do it. But it's just a fundamental difference in them handling a particular situation. So this is where things get interesting. Did Susie do this to secure her role as The Bachelorette? I want to start by saying I don't think that Susie went into it with that intention. But I do think that Clayton might think that she did. Because there were a couple of moments that did raise some red flags. And you know, I'm a Susie fan. I've said it on this podcast that I think she'll be the bachelorette, that I want her to be the bachelorette. But here's my initial thoughts and what I didn't like about it, you know, off the jump. She did not seem excited when he told her that he was in love with her. You know, I think she was probably surprised and shocked, taken aback. But I saw panic on her face. Right. And maybe that's because she had been spiraling all week and she's like, okay, well, now I know that he's in love with me. And that actually will make this even harder if he does end up telling me that he slept with these girls. Her mind, though, was already made up that if he slept with anyone, she was gone. And it's like, like I said before, it's a reverse ultimatum where Clayton probably feels like that's not fair to him because they just think about this in a different way. And she was talking to him very calmly at first. You know, she was explaining her her feelings about it. But to me, even through the conversation that they were having, you know, he was saying, can we talk about this? Can we talk about this? And she just kept saying, I just, I don't, I just can't. I, there's no way that I can X, Y, Z. So her, her mind was made up. So then she gets in the car, you know, without a single tear at first. And she's telling Clayton how sorry she is. She's standing outside of the car. And she's like, you know, I'm sorry that it ended this way. I didn't want it to be like this. Now, if this were myself and I believed I was going to marry this man, get engaged in a week, I would be shedding some tears. You know, at least while talking to him, at least before getting into the car, I think I would be distraught. And I don't want to judge the way that she is handling the situation because, like I said, everybody reacts differently. I was like, wow, she's delivering this goodbye, you know, very Calm, cool, collected, in my opinion. Whereas if it were me and this whole huge fight just went down, I would not be any of those things. I would probably be a mess. So then she gets in the car, still not really showing any emotion. And I thought, you know, maybe she is in shock because she's just like, what 
is happening. Maybe she didn't process what just happened. And eventually she starts to cry. But she says, and maybe she says more, but the only thing that we see is she wishes the conversation would have been nicer. Not necessarily that she was heartbroken with him being with other women, which I'm sure that she was. Not that she was devastated because she just lost her soulmate, but she wishes the conversation would have been nicer. And to be clear, I don't think that Susie went into this conversation thinking, if he slept with these girls, I'm done, but I want to be the bachelorette. So I'm going to try to have it go over as smoothly as possible. I don't think that she did that because I don't feel like that is her character. I mean, I don't know her, but at least from from how she's perceived on my television screen. But I would not be surprised if Clayton, in his situation, sitting there fighting, 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 she's not having any of it, thinks, well, she doesn't even, she doesn't even want to do this with me. She doesn't want to talk about it. She doesn't want to get to the bottom of it. She didn't tell me beforehand. Maybe he, in his mind, was putting the puzzle pieces together and thinking, she used me to be the bachelorette, and this is her way out. Who knows? Maybe that question will be addressed on After the Final Rose. But I think it's an interesting way to look at things. This week on RVER, sponsored by Progressive Insurance. Hey, Chief, we got a damaged RV on its way to the OR. Well, that sounds like a job for the new head of RV surgery. (laughs) Wait, are you promoting me? Congrats, Martinez. Well, that sounds like a job for the new head of nursing. So you're just promoting everyone now? Yeah, kind of looks that way, doesn't it? When your RV really needs saving, Progressive has you covered. See if you could save with a leader in RV insurance. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Coverage subject to policy terms. All right, guys, I want to wrap up this week. You have been sending me so many DMs about Joe millionaire. So we are going to review, recap. I'm going to give my thoughts and tell you why this show is better than The Bachelor because it's more real. So let me explain. For the first time on the pod, we're discussing Joe Millionaire. What it is, there's two guys, Kurt and Steven. One of them is worth $10 million. Steven. Kurt is not. They never disclose how much money he makes, but I feel like I think he owns his own construction company. So he's got to, he can't be like, you know, slum in it. I don't know. But anyways, all these girls don't know which one is the millionaire, but they have to date both of them, establish connections. You get it. So we're down to the final two on both sides, Kurt and Steven. Kurt has Amanda, who everybody loves. She's so chill. She, well, her mom has revealed that she herself is rich. So she doesn't really care about money, blah, blah, blah. And then you have Carolyn who Kurt has been connected to from the very beginning, but there are red flags all over the place. I mean, Kurt is very vocal about the fact that Carolyn was married before and has a child. And Kurt's like, I don't want to take on that role. He's pretty blunt about it, which I'm like, yikes, Kurt. Like, you can at least be a little bit nicer. But he's like, I don't want to be just, you know, stepdad. But then also Carolyn has had moments where she seems pretty manipulative. I don't know. It's pretty juicy. But then Steven, our little farmer, he owns a cattle ranch, I think. And that's why he's worth $10 million. He's down to Annie and Calla. And both girls, I think, are just phenomenal. So my prediction is that Kurt is going to end up with Carolyn, despite every red flag that is waving around in his face. And at the end, they find out who the millionaire is and who isn't. So right now, none of the girls know. 
So I think Carolyn's going to find out that he's not the millionaire. I don't think that she'll dump him right off the bat, but I think pretty soon after she is going to dump him. Steven, I think, is going to end up with Annie. And I think they're going to live happily ever after. I think both Steven and Kerr are a little like they're goons, you guys. If I were on the show and I had to pick between the two of them, I would leave. <laughs> it's mean, but they're just both not my style. I'll put it that way. Not even for $10 million. You know what? Yes, I stand by that. I could not date a country boy for $10 million. I stand by it. All right, you guys, that's it. Another episode of MPT in the books. Can I just tell you, last week, I gave you the task. Let's make it to 300 reviews on Apple Pods. We failed. (laughs) We only made it to 297. But when I first checked, like the day after the podcast came out last week, I only had one additional review. (laughs) I was like, all right, Morg, let's, let's pack it up here. Better luck next time, sis. So look, three reviews away from 300. If you can prove to me on Apple Podcasts that you are my 300th review, I will send you a Starbucks gift card. How about that? Oh, I can't leave my Spotify girlies out, though. If you can prove that you are my 110th review on Spotify, you'll get it too, BB. So now let's head over to thedip.com to the Morgan's Pop Talks community group and let's giggle and gossip about the episode. Find out my real intimate thoughts on Clayton, on Susie. I pretty much said everything I needed to say about Kurt and Steven, so we'll just leave it at that. Progressive is America's number one motorcycle insurer, so we understand motorcycles. No, really, we have a bike translator. Uh, Okay, this is awkward, but this bike says he'd appreciate it if you removed his skull pattern saddlebags. He feels self-conscious about them around all the other bikes, and he says you're not fooling anyone. You mostly ride with your golfing buddies. (laughs) Listen, I'm just the messenger here. Oh, no, I don't want to say that. I think you made yourself clear. Quote with Progressive and see if you could save with America's number one motorcycle insurer. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates.